Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Thanks for joining us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. A happy 2016 to you. Hope you're off to a great start in this new year. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril. He's your local wealth coach here in Cincinnati and in Dayton with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky as well. He's the president of Matson and Capril and a certified financial planner. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining us this week. How are you, sir? Happy New Year, Walt. How many resolutions have you broken already? No, I'm sticking with them so far. So I've, All right. I've, I've so already you're been. Like, you know, your weekend, that's not bad. Yeah, I've been to the gym a couple of times already. Good. So Good. Uh, sticking with that and, you know, doing all, the, doing all the right things here to begin the new year. How about you? You know, I, like, I, I very wisely didn't set any. So I can't <laughs> that's right. disappoint myself. You know, that's the way that I. <laughs> so I hope everybody had a, had a great new year. And, uh, you know, we're off to 2016. Exciting year, an election year. It's a leap year. So um, election years are always times of change, which is what, you know, planning is all about, is being prepared for change. So um, uh, it's going to be very interesting, and I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to be with the listeners and, and continue to share with them um, what I think is, is our ideas are just not hearing a lot. So I'm looking forward to this new year. It's only just begun, and uh, it'll be amazing to look back on it 12 months from now and see what a year 2016 was. We'll have lots to talk about as we go mm-hmm. through it. Uh, we always invite you to submit questions to Dan by going to quizdan.com. That's quizdan.com. And we have a couple to go over here to start the new year. Maybe people's resolutions were to make sure they get their questions into you, Dan, because we had a lot to choose from this week. Uh, the first yeah. comes to us from Danny. Uh, He's in Beaver Creek. He says, how can I determine how much money I can leave behind my kids without shortchanging my own retirement? It's a fabulous question. Um, first of all, let's, let's state a few obvious facts. Number one, there's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that requires you leave any money to your kids. So I always want to make sure parents are aware of that. All right? Secondly, what I would recommend that you do first is have an idea of the amount of money that you would want to leave your kids. So rather than just saying a percentage, you know, if there's a dollar amount that you can, you can conceive, you know, then it's really very simple. I mean, there's two ways about going about it. Number one is we just assume you have that much less. So, for example, if someone had 800000 and they have four kids and they want to leave, leave each of them 50000 well, as a planner, I would say, okay, well, we're just going to assume you've got $60,000 or $600,000 to work with with the idea that the, the rest of it would be left to them. That's one way to do it. It's not the best way, but it is one way. Another way, which I think actually works out very well, normally I don't recommend that people look to buy life insurance during the retirement years because there's generally not a need for it. You're not replacing earnings. But this is one of those instances where actually life insurance can be a very effective way to do this. If you wanted to make sure that your children received a certain amount of inheritance tax-free, well, you could basically fund a life insurance policy, which you know, it would be a rather small premium compared to the ultimate gift that you're going to leave them. Now, of course, 
the longer you live, the more you're going to pay into it. But, you know, the idea here is you might be able to, for $8,000 a year, you might be able to create a $400,000 windfall at your death. And as long as you can afford the extra eight grand a year, well, you don't have to worry about it. You're always going to be able to leave that inheritance to them. This is particularly useful in second marriage situations. I see this a lot where you've got children from both first marriage and there's a desire to leave money to the spouse, but also to leave money to the children of the first marriage. The, the family isn't really looked at as one big family. As, you know, it, there's a desire here to make sure you know, my kids from my first wife or my first husband get a certain amount of money. And that's an, also a, a time when life insurance can be a very effective tool for that. The key, though, is to make sure that the premiums are affordable for you. And there's a lot of ways in which we determine that factoring in market volatility. That's, that's one of the things when we do our income roadmap with our clients, we factor in those levels of uncertainty. But don't put a lot of stress on yourself about inheritance. Just understand there's many ways to go. Sometimes you may already have the life insurance policy in place. You're contemplating getting rid of it. Well, no, maybe this is a reason to keep it. A very good question, Danny, and one that uh, happens all the time across the area, so you are not alone. And Dan and his team are uh, well-equipped to help you answer that question and uh, navigate through any more financial planning questions that you might have. Again, go to quizdan.com to submit your questions. You can also call Dan directly for information or to set up a time to meet to go over uh, your financial situation by dialing 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Let's hop over to Oxford and get a question in from Michelle. She says, do you ever recommend immediate annuities? As best I understand them, it seems that I'd just be turning over my money to an annuity company and hoping that I live long enough to get it all back. Well, that, that's probably right, uh, Michelle. That, that may be what happens. Now, that's a great observation on your part. Of course, we don't know how long you're going to live. So the question comes down to is how important is it for me to protect myself from any type of investment uncertainty and receive an income stream for as long as I live. There's nothing magical being done here. So when I hear you know, people say, you know, I'm going to get this guaranteed income for life, yeah, you are. But the insurance company does have an understanding as to how long you're likely to live. And their hope, quite frankly, is just that. Their hope, quite frankly, is that they only give you back exactly the amount of money that they, you gave them. Or actually, they'd love to give you less, all right? That doesn't make it bad. Um, certainly, it, if you had a part of your savings set up in this fashion where you got this guaranteed income stream, um, you don't have to have all your money that way. But it certainly would create a level of stability, just to say Social Security does. And you've got to be a little careful because most policies don't provide inflation protection. So it's going to be the same payment every year, which in terms of real dollars means you're going to get less. Do I recommend them? On occasion, I do. It just depends on the situation. Every product to me is like, um, the, I look at products the way that it, doctors look at medications. You, the, the patient comes in, the client comes in, we assess their situation, what's important to them, you know, how important is it that they leave money to their heirs, you know, what is their, their tolerance for risk, what are the things they want to do in their life. And then my job is to come up with the strategy that gives them the income that they want with the least amount of risk. And if I can do that, if, if an immediate annuity is the way to do that and leaving money to their heirs is not um, a particular concern, that might be the strategy that we recommend. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you give the money to the insurance company in, um, now and, and nine years later you pass away, depending on the policy, 
there may not be a refund at all to your estate. Some policies will give a little bit. Others will say no. You know, on the other hand, you know, if you live, and we know people living longer, if you live well into your 90s, um, you could come out ahead. But it's not about coming out ahead. What it's about is having security, and they can be useful tools for that. So uh, be careful when you read a lot of these things about products being good or bad. Products are amoral. It's the strategy that, that matters, and, and the important thing is that we customize a strategy for you. Yeah, absolutely. You have to treat investments like tools or like medicines. They're yeah. just used to address different problems, yeah, different I mean, ailments. You can, use a hammer, you can use a hammer to build a house. You can use a hammer to destroy a house. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's what you do with them. I mean, you should see, we just moved into a new office, and I am not a handy person. So I got in the mail this, this plaque someone sent me, which is great. It says, a surefire path to success is to take massive action every day. I love that, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to hang this up in my, in my office here. So I go in, I get the hammer and the nail, and I go to the wall. Oh, my Lord, you should see the hole that I created in this wall. <laughs> the, the walls here are not – I thought they would just be like simple drywall. No, they're not. They're, they've got kind of like this plastery thing to it. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I digress. Point is, is that that hammer could have been used to beautify my office. I just use it to put the first hole in the office. So anyway. Look at the bright side. Now you can develop another skill in fixing the wall. Yeah, I guess that could be a resolution. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, one more question. This one comes to us from Alex in Franklin. Again, submit your questions by going to quizdan.com. I was planning to work for one more year and then retire, says Alex, mm-hmm. but I'm now hearing that we might have some layoffs and I could be offered a severance package equal to one year's salary. So that actually seems like it would be great news since I was only going to work another year anyway. Yeah. Am I dumb for hoping I get laid off? <laughs> no, absolutely not. You're not dumb at all. Um, it's interesting about this. Um, often I've seen situations where companies will offer these early retirement packages and employees turn them down only to be laid off with a less um, generous package a year later. So, you know, when you get offered one of these things, um, I usually tell people you really want to contemplate seeing if you can take it. It doesn't mean you have to stop working. Um, but also be understanding that there are taxable implications to things like this. And this is really where good planning is, is essential. I mean, we've had people come into our office and be somewhat almost shell-shocked because now they suddenly have all these issues they weren't planning on having uh, on top of this, you know, the, the, this buyout. And no, so I think, I think it's great. I think, it, you know, if someone wants to give you a, a sizable severance package, you know, you, in, you think there's a chance you'll get it. As long as you're not miserable, yeah, you go ahead. Stay, stay there and, and hope that it comes. But when that comes, that's the time really to sit down and look at all the factors involved. How much longer are you planning on working? Do you think you're going to want to go back to work afterwards? Um, if you think that that's going to take a while, um, where's the money going to come from to support you during that period? Or have you ever thought about maybe starting a business now? Okay, if that's the case, where's the capital going to come from? What are going to be the tax implications of it? And that's really where good planning is, is essential. So, you know, these are, these are fabulous questions people are asking because it really gets to the meat that you know, it, it's not always so easy. And there is no cookie-cutter answer. The, the products are just the tools that we use once we know what the strategy is going to be. And these are the factors that good planning can help you with. So, you know, if you're going through issues like this, if you're, um, you know, if you're contemplating early retirement or you're being forced to early retire, like I always joke about NFL players, very few NFL players get to retire on their own terms. They are told nobody wants them, and then suddenly they announce, okay, I'm retired. 
And it works the same way, unfortunately, in life. Sometimes it gets to a point where nobody wants us the way they wanted us before, largely because somebody younger will do the job for less. That's just the facts of life. Um, but when you're confronted with these situations, we've helped a lot of people show them that these changes were actually good for them because they were able to take um, another job that maybe paid less but was less stressful and it wasn't impairing their retirement at all. You owe it to yourself to get an objective analysis that does this, not, not a product sale, an analysis, analysis that looks at everything in a fiduciary manner, meaning it puts your, your self-interest first. That has to come first and foremost, and that's what we try to do. We, try, we give our clients objective planning that's not required that they buy anything through our office. Uh, we're showing the direction. If they want our help implementing it, we will offer that to them, but, um, but that's never going to be a requirement. And a fair percentage go ahead and, and do it on their own. And, and we feel good about that because we think we're, we're steering people in the right direction. So take advantage of these opportunities that we give people to come in for a free consultation and learn. Um, it doesn't cost you anything to listen. We're very low-key. We're very laid back. Um, we are not high-pressure people at all. Get a complimentary review by reaching out to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril right here in Cincinnati and Dayton by calling 844 844- Quiz Dan. That's 844-784-9326. You can set up a time to meet, discuss your financial situation, come in, have a chat with the team about how you might be able to improve that situation here in 2016. Again, Dan's a certified financial planner. The number to call, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. With offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky, 844-QUIZ-DAN is, again, your number. That's 844-784-9326. Much more coming up on the show today. We'll talk about some half-truths coming up next. Stay tuned for that. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle. Want more information about Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril? Visit us on the web by going to askdan.com. That's askdan.com. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle. Walter Storholt with Dan Capril. Dan's your local wealth coach right here in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky. Check them out online by going to quizdan.com. Ask about how you can get a copy of Dan's book, Retirement Survival, and call 844-QUIZ-DAN to get in touch as well. That's 844-784-9326. You know, Dan, a lot of financial professionals are known to say things that are technically true, but really they're only telling half the story. Let's break down some of these half-truths here as we begin the new year. Uh, Half-truth number one, don't worry about losses because the market always goes up in the long run. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And, you know, if you're working still, Especially if you're young, you know, 20s, 30s, that's actually not bad advice. The problem is when you are retired or you're approaching retirement, you're getting to that point in life where you're actually going to be selling shares of whatever it is you own for cash, cash to live on. And obviously, if your portfolio drops in value, you have to sell a lot more shares to get that same check. So this idea that the market will come back in the long run is fine, but not for the money that you're looking to spend in the short run. The math of retirement is a lot different than the math of accumulation. So you're going to have volatility probably if you want to get any type of return that beats inflation and taxes. That's a fact of life. But a a well-designed portfolio is one where you don't have to accept the full volatility of, say, the stock market which is what we're seeing right now, seeing the market being very volatile. Well, if you're properly allocated 
you won't see your money go down by the same degree as, say, the large U.S. stock market. So, yeah, I mean, there is some truth in that, that statement in that if you're just accumulating money. But if you're at this point of life where you're looking to live off your savings and you're actually selling shares to do it, well, you want to sell as few shares as you possibly can. So, now, short-term volatility is something you have to be aware of. Um, it doesn't mean you can't survive the occasional negative year or flat year. You may be. That needs to be tested for you. But be careful with this idea because, you know, markets can come back. But if I don't need any shares, well, then what good is that for me? That's a good point. So that's half truth number one. Don't worry about losses because the market always goes up in the long run. What about half truth number two? It has to do with fees. And yeah. when people say, well, our fee is 1%, is, why is that a half truth? Yeah. Well, it's a half truth because there's always more to cost than what you're paying your advisor. Um, almost every investment product has internal costs. In fact, even a, a portfolio of stocks that are being bought and sold on your behalf have a level of cost you may not be aware of. For example, it costs you more money to buy any stock than you would receive if you simultaneously sold it. It's called the markup, the bid-ask spread. In other words, if I wanted to buy company XYZ, and it's trading at $50 a share. That means I will pay $50 to get that stock. And there might even be a commission on top of that. But if I want to sell XYZ, I may only get $49. That's the way the market works. There's a, there's a markup. Now, we're used to that when we buy things in stores. But the average portfolio turns over 80% a year. So that little markup starts to really, really eat away at your return. Then there's also other costs that uh, mutual funds will have. 12B1 fees, management fees, the mutual fund. I mean, I'm all for keeping costs low because I don't believe in financial gurus. I don't believe that anybody can uh, foresee the future and therefore make excessive trading to your benefit. If they're successful at doing that, it's, um, it's being done more by luck than skill. Costs are usually far greater than people are aware of, so just, just be mindful of that. With interest rates so low, you're better off to invest that money instead of paying off your house early. That's always an interesting debate. It is. It comes up a lot. There is no right or wrong answer. Um, I used to be on the side that said, yeah, you know, get the mortgage, and um, it's low. And the fact that you can deduct the interest makes it even lower and invest your money elsewhere. And I, and I have no problems with that. The reality, though, is that we go through times, particularly in our retirement, difficult economic times, where emotions play a far greater game to us than they did when we were still working. And so what happens is when we go through a period where our portfolio isn't growing, uh, there's a tendency to panic. And I will tell you that the clients that I've had who I've been able to coach far more easily during rough economic times, like say in 08, were the ones who had their house completely paid off. Now, they could have always tapped into the equity later. They still can, but they don't need to. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, maybe I could grow my money a little bit more. Maybe I, maybe I wouldn't grow it more. Maybe, maybe if I had invested more of the, of the proceeds of my house and it dropped in value, well, that wouldn't have worked out. View your house not as an investment. View your house as the place where you live. It's a, it's a quality of life type issue. And as a rule, I try to coach all my clients to be debt-free when they stop working. It doesn't mean we can't tap into that equity at some point in life if we need to. But I think sometimes when we take this approach that says mortgage the house and invest it, it's that little greedy side of us that's kicking in. Now, you may have to do that to have the retirement you want. But if you don't have to, trust me, that peace of mind you're likely to get, it's pretty invaluable. It's hard to buy. So no right or wrong answer. 
But I tend to coach clients towards if we can be debt-free, let's be debt-free. You know, I want you to be debt-free. I want you to be tax-free. We're talking again with Dan Caprill. And, Dan, I'm enjoying these half-truths because there's always two sides to every story. And these Mm half-truths really do a good job of uncovering that. Uh, One of the things that people say all the time is diversification is the key. Is it truly or is that a half-truth as well? (laughs) Well, we have to define what is meant by diversification. Um, because I hear that, and then I hear I see people who aren't diversified at all, or I, or I start to see people speculating. So, for example, if you were to suddenly decide that XYZ Corp was going to go go up, and you started moving all your money over there, well, obviously you've abandoned this idea of diversification. People say, well, yeah, diversification is important, but you can be overly diversified. Here's the thing: your portfolio needs to be designed in a way where as certain components go down, others will tend to go up over time to give you a more consistent return. Most people are not diversified at all. They are redundant. They buy a bunch of stuff that's buying the same companies. And we look at that. We do this overlap report when we work with our clients. We do something called a portfolio MRI. And in there, I show them, look, you've got nine mutual funds. That's great. Guess what? Eight of them are buying the same companies. So you're not diversified at all because you know what these do are going to judge the whole thing. Uh, true diversification means you have dissimilar movements in your asset classes. So in, a, in addition to saying having a component of fixed income, you'll have large stocks, you'll have small stocks, you'll have value stocks, you'll have them not only in the U.S., you'll have them abroad. Now, the, the thing we need to understand is that diversification is not really the key. It's just, it's just an overall strategy that we use. The key is understanding the level of volatility you're likely to have and the amount of money that you should be able to pull from that without going broke in your lifetime. So I think diversification is one of the mis- most misused terms because when I hear people say it, it's not really what diversification is. Buying nine mutual funds that buy the same companies is not diversification. It's very expensive redundancy. And there's bad diversification out there. I've seen examples where people buy a bunch of stuff, but it's every bit as volatile as if they weren't diversified at all. You need to have it analyzed properly. There's a lot of statistical measurements that can be used, um, and that's the type of work that we do. We'll sit down with you. We'll show you the direction you're heading. We'll show you the volatility you're likely to have statistically. You know, Here's the range of returns you're likely to get 95% of the time. Are you comfortable with that? Can you stomach a minus 25%? Because guess what? There's a 95% chance that you're going to fall that in that range. If you can't, all right, we've got to come up with something else. So... Let's just be careful what when we're saying diversification. In theory, it's great. Rarely, in my opinion, used properly in practice. We're talking with Dan Capril about the half-truths in the financial world here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. One more, Dan, half-truth number five. These bonds will yeah. significantly reduce the risk in your portfolio, something people have heard before is being sort of the end-all, be-all when you're preparing for retirement. But is that a half-truth? Yeah, that, that's definitely a half-truth because you need to understand that, again, when we're in retirement, we're selling shares for, for income. Now, bonds can pay it, can send you interest, and uh, you can just sell, you know, you can just live off the interest. Problem, of course, is what we're seeing is that bond rates, the interest rates are so incredibly low. And now they're starting to tweak up. And as interest rates rise, bond values drop. So, for example, if you bought a, a bond with XYZ Corp and it was paying 2%, and now new bonds are being issued at 3%. Guess what? No one's going to be all that excited about owning your 2% bond. So if you should decide to sell that bond at any point in time, you're going to get less money for it than you paid for it. 
because people are going to be more interested in buying the 3% bond. So bonds definitely have a level of volatility to them. A couple of things to keep in mind. This is what we, we encourage our clients to, to do. Number one, keep your bond mat- maturities short. Don't lend your money out for 20, 30 years. The volatility associated with long-term bonds, frankly, isn't worth whatever additional return they might be able to provide you. And right now, they're not really providing much of any. Secondly, investment grade. Lend your money to governments and corporations that are stable, that have good standard and poor's ratings. Stay away from junk bonds. When you see a junk bond out there offering 5 6%, there's a reason for that. The company is not financially stable. If you're going to take risk with your money, do it with stocks, historically owning companies. In fact, I'd almost rather you own that junk bond company than lend money to it because your, your upside is essentially unlimited. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and invest in bad companies because I don't believe in stock picking. But my point here is that lending money out to anybody, with the exception of the United States government, has risk. Now, there is some risk to the U.S. government. They'll pay you back. They may print money to do it, which will lower the value of the dollar, but they will pay you back. Every other corporation is, is going to be you know, subjected to the possibility they can't pay you back. But if you pick good companies, I mean, how likely is it that Parkton Gamble isn't going to pay its bills? Highly unlikely. So be mindful of the fact as interest rates rise, bond values drop. And again, this is why when we look at a, a, an individual's portfolio, they're often shocked to see what they have. You know, they've got these, this fixed income, and they're thinking, oh, that's safe. And we say, well, 80% of it's high yields, junk. It's not safe at all. It's going to be incredibly volatile, potentially. You need to understand what you have. And that's why portfolio MRI is so useful, because it goes deep down in your portfolio. It helps you take your planning to a much higher level by showing you things that maybe you never were aware of or no one, no one ever showed you, because it was more about buying a product than it really was what's the right thing for you to do. So you know, I really encourage people to learn a little bit more about the portfolio MRI and, and how we are able to show them what real diversification is, show them what the fees are that are going to be associated with their portfolio, show them the tax ramifications of their current strategy, and then letting them decide you know, how to go forward from there. Take us up on this offer. It's a, it's a great opportunity to see a level of your portfolio. And trust me, it's not like we're going to give you 900 pages. We're not. 20, probably 20 pages. And of those, I usually focus on three or four. But it's very simple. It's very concise. And, um, you know, based on my experience, it's incredibly eye-opening. Take us up on that. Again, that's the Portfolio MRI. You can get it by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN and setting up a time to meet with Dan and the team. Whether you're in Cincinnati or Dayton or one of the surrounding communities, again, your number to call is going to be 844-784-9326. Your local wealth coach here in the area and the president of Matson and Capril. 784-9326. Call for a complimentary review right now. Stay with us. 401k rollovers coming up next here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. have a question you want featured on the show go to askdan.com to submit your question and our host here on solving the financial puzzle dan capril might feature it on a future show so go to askdan.com today
This is Solving the Financial Puzzle. Walter Storholt and Dan Capril with you on the show once again this week. Dan is our local wealth coach here in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas, if you're nearby, and want to get in touch to talk about getting that portfolio MRI, getting off to the right start here in 2016 with a complimentary financial review, get the second opinion of maybe where you currently stand, call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Check them out online as well by going to quizdan.com. Dan, one of the things that we often talk about as being really important in any financial life that we might have is uh, to not leave a 401k with your old company after you no longer work there. Get it in your control is something we always like to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, Let's recap. What are the main benefits of rolling an old 401k into an IRA? Okay. There are so many. Um, The first one, though, is the fact that in your 401k plan, you are limited to a certain amount of investment options that they provide. And over the years, I've seen some really bad options um, from target date funds that are heavy loaded in expenses and really are not well diversified from a standpoint of providing you the risk return levels that you specifically need to other investment options that are actively managed. We talk a lot about this on the show, that most um, portfolio managers like to speculate with your money, thinking that they know what stocks are going to go up, which ones are going to go down. There's administrative fees associated with your um, 401k plan that you're paying. Now, thankfully, laws have required that um, these fees be more open to you. But in fact, even if you loved every single option that your 401k has, chances are you can get those same options outside of the 401k and free yourself up from a lot of the um, the administrative charges. Now, we'll make this one exception to this rule. If you're between ages 55 and 59 and a half, if you retire between that point in time, keeping some money in the 401k may be useful because you can pull that money out, spend it, and not pay the 10% penalty in most cases. So just be a little bit mindful for that. For for those of you over 59 and a half, I struggle to find reasons to keep the money in the plan. Uh, Another major reason for moving it out is to have a tax reduction strategy done. One of my big concerns going forward is I have very little confidence in our government when it comes to fiscal responsibility. And I don't think I'm alone in that in that concern. So here we are faced with $18 trillion in debt. We have baby boomers getting older and older. And I, I'm sadly, I'm at the point where I think higher tax rates are almost inevitable. Now, that's okay for a working person. I mean, it's not okay, but a working person can work harder. You're retired. Guess what? Tax rates go up. They're going to go after your 401k plan. They're going to go after your IRA plan. A great reason to roll it out is to begin a strategy of perhaps paying the tax on that account now through a series of withdrawals and conversions to a Roth. This is complicated stuff. Well, it's not complicated, but it's detailed. We have to be mindful of the fact that there's costs. We have to be mindful of the fact that there's a lot of active management going on. And we have to be mindful of the fact that there's taxes that need to be addressed. We have to take the steps to reduce these taxes. Um, We've had times in our history where tax rates have been 75, 85, 90%. I don't necessarily think they're going to go that high. But if they just went up 5%, if you're in the the 25% bracket now, and by a stroke of the pen, you're now in the 30% bracket, Guess what? Not only are you going to have less money to live on from your savings, they're also going to affect the benefits of your Social Security as to whether or not they're taxable. For example, if you're a married couple, if you have earnings over $44,000, 
your social security benefits are almost fully taxed. So whatever the current rate is, you're going to get taxed on that. Imagine if those rates get higher. That means you're going to have even less social security benefits for yourself. Not to mention, you're going to pay even more tax in your 401k plans. So this is the time for you to start thinking a little bit differently. Start thinking about protecting yourself against the unknown. And my concern is that taxes could be a bigger trap than market volatility. When you look at our politicians, when you look at the, whenever we, we mention the word fiscal responsibility, oh, they talk about it. But then you ask, well, where would you cut? Nobody wants to say anything. So guess what? We have to assume they're not going to cut anything. If they're not going to cut anything, they're probably going to want more revenue. If they want more revenue, they're going to raise your taxes. So kind of digressing a little bit away from why pulling money out of the 401k, but the 401k money is sitting there as a tax time bomb waiting to explode. And you need to start addressing this issue now. And we can help you with that. We'll analyze your current tax situation. We do our tax analysis with our clients. We'll look at your current tax situation. And we'll look at where you're likely to be if you make absolutely no changes at all. And then what we'll do is we'll help you develop a strategy that could create a huge amount of tax-free income for you in the future. I'm not talking about putting money in municipal bonds. No. I'm talking about repositioning your money from taxable accounts like, say, 401ks, IRAs, to tax-free accounts like a Roth IRA or perhaps even using the cash value elements within life insurance. We'll show you strategies that allow you to kind of cap the tax on these accounts. So yeah, plans are great, but they are tax time bomb. And good planning will help minimize, heck, good planning will at least tell you what you're likely to be confronted with. If you want to go ahead and implement it from that point on, that's your decision. But you got to know. Oh, and by the way, if you think this is what your CPA does for you, chances are they have no clue. They're in the tax filing business, not the tax planning business. So let us show you this. Let us show you the type of work we do in this area. Uh, what's, what I love about it is the amount of money we save people. I mean, it's one of those things where I can say, something like, well, whatever my fee is, I'll show you savings far in excess of that. So, And if I can't, we won't work with you. I'll tell you that. You don't need us. You're, you're, you're in great shape. But that's a very useful thing. And if you're approaching retirement, heck, if you're in your 50s, now is the time to be thinking about this. Pretty cool to uh, look at the tax implications and the things that happen with a 401k rollover, some of the benefits, some of the drawbacks. Uh, we're going to delve deeper into the general side of taxes coming up on the show when we go into the tales from the tax side part of the uh, of the Solving the Financial Puzzle show. Uh, that's coming up, so be sure to stay tuned for that. On the subject, though, of 401k rollovers, it's one mm -hmm. thing to talk about it you know, when you leave your job. But what options do people have for rolling over a 401k while they're still working for a company? Yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's a great question. Depends on the plan. Um, a lot of plans, particularly large companies, have a provision that says once you reach age 60, you can start rolling the money out, that you don't have to leave the money in there until you actually stop working. And if that option is available to you, by all means, I'd recommend you do it. Um, you can still put money in the plan. Usually at that point in time, what I'm recommending people do is only put the amount of money in the plan equal to whatever they're getting matched. And the only reason I'm saying that is because for a lot of people, they need some more tax-free accounts. And what we need to do is start putting some money into those. And uh, so if that means we pay a little bit more tax now by um, putting money in other strategies where we're putting after-tax dollars in, but we get tax-free money out, 
that's that's a balance that we need to work we need to start thinking about uh, but yeah you don't necessarily have to retire uh, to get the money out it does vary by plan it's not the law that says you have to have that option chances are if you work for a larger corporation you do have that option uh, but it's been 50 50 in working with clients but yeah I generally recommend if they can get it out even before they leave they should now, Dan, once you say, okay, we're going to roll this money out of a 401k, then what mm-hmm. options uh, do you look at? What do you do to determine what kind of investments you should be rolling mm-hmm. that 401k into once you've made the transfer? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to emphasize, too, that this is a tax-free transfer. So when we're rolling it from the 401k to, say, an IRA, that's a rollover IRA. There's no tax on that. The only tax you pay is when you actually pull the money out. As to how your portfolio should be allocated really depends upon you and what you're looking to do and when you're looking to do it. So if somebody is looking to retire in the next couple of years and needs to generate income stream from that, well, we're going to recommend a completely different allocation than if somebody's in their 40s and they just left the company and they rolled it over and they don't feel the need to tap into the money for the next 20 years. So it is really going to depend on you. We talked earlier about proper diversification and what's involved there. It's going to determine that. There's a rate of return that you need to hit your goals. What we then need to do is figure out what modeling gives us the chance to hit that rate of return over time with the least amount of volatility. The last thing you do is the investment um, strategy. The first thing you do is determine when you want to retire and on how much, and then you work backwards from there. So the answer is it depends. It may be that in, in some cases, it's very similar to what you're currently doing with your 401k. But by just doing that simple rollover, you might save yourself a lot of money because you're, you're going to be using cheaper products. You know, if you're faced with this situation, if you're faced with a job change, or maybe you did a few years ago, and you've got that money sitting in that 401k, understand there's so many issues at play. There's the issue of the availability of the portfolio. There's, you know, what investment options do I have? Um, is there going to be market timing? What are the internal costs? And then, and then lastly, what are going to be the long-term tax implications to me of these accounts? Do I really want to go into retirement knowing that Uncle Sam has a tax lien on my entire net worth? That, that tax lien could be as high as 40%. Oh, and by the way, state of Ohio has their own tax lien as well. Or should I have a strategy in place where maybe I start paying some of that tax now at the current rates? so that if they go up in the future, I'm protected. You need to think about that. We can help you with that. We'll show you the direction you're heading. We'll show you the the options you have available to you. And we'll help you develop a year-by-year strategy so that when you reach the, the age where you're not working anymore, you can have a large amount of your money legally protected from taxation. Take us up on this. This is powerful stuff. And uh, sadly, it gets overlooked time and time again by people. They're completely caught off guard when Congress raises, raises taxes. Don't get caught off guard. We've been lucky over the years with Reagan economics to have, have a tax rate environment that's relatively low. You know what? I'm not confident anymore. Neither party talks about this. All I hear is give stuff away, tax more. And, and you know, you can talk about the 1% all you want. You know what? There aren't that many of them. You could take every dollar the 1% has and you won't make a dent. It's middle-class people who are going to have to pay more for them to do the things that they want to do. So you owe it to yourself to protect yourself. Let us help you with that. Let us show you a strategy that can do just that. Here's the number to call to reach the team at Matson and Capril, serving Cincinnati and Dayton as well. 844-QUIZ-DAN, your number to call. That's 844-784-9326. 
844-QUIZ-DAN. With offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky, Dan Caprill and his team are your local wealth coaches here in the area. Dan's a certified financial planner, the author of the book, Retirement Survival. 844-QUIZ-DAN is your number to call. That's 844-784-9326. Set up a time to meet. Get a complimentary review. Start addressing some of these questions that you might have about the financial world. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326. Coming up next, Tales from the Tax Side. That's straight ahead here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Puzzles go by a lot of names. There are jigsaw puzzles, crosswords, word searches, Sudoku, anagrams, trivia, riddles, brain teasers, brain bashers, brain twisters, brain knitters, knotters, and bogglers. You get the idea. It's kind of like financial planners and advisors. A lot of people call themselves a financial advisor, but there are often a lot of differences between these people. Some only sell insurance, some are RIAs, some can't sell stocks, some are RFCs, some are IRA experts, some are chartered retirement planning counselors. The list goes on and on. It can be difficult to know who's really a financial planner. Who really is going to make decisions in your best interest rather than just what's suitable for you? That's why it's important that you know Dan Caprill is a certified financial planner, or CFP for short. CFPs make a career-long commitment to meet the ever-changing needs of their clients. That's the kind of person you want to work with when planning for retirement. So forget all those other riddlers in the financial world and work with the best. Contact Dan Capril at 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. Time for a little puzzle history. We've all heard of and probably have tried to solve the Rubik's Cube. It's a 3D puzzle invented in 1974. Did you know it was originally called the Magic Cube? Millions of these cubes have been sold across the world over the years and are so popular they've even sparked competitions to see who can solve them the fastest. At last check, the fastest to ever solve the Rubik's Cube was Colin Burns with a time of 5.25 seconds. The rest of us probably have a long way to go. Let's get back to solving the financial puzzle with Dan Capril. Time for Tales from the Tax Side here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Thanks for being with us today. Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril. He is your local wealth coach here in Cincinnati and Dayton. 844-QUIZ-DAN is your number to call. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN or go to quizdan.com for information as well. It is time to talk about Tales from the Tax Side. A good story from the tax world. And I hear that we're talking supermodels today. Who knew you could blend the two? Yes, Bar Raffaele, which, you know, does sound more like a trendy drinking spot in Brooklyn. But uh, Bar Raffaele, if you're, well, Walter's into the supermodel world, but because uh, all the run famous it. people that you I run in those circles, with, yeah. Oh, there's, there's no question about it. But she's a 30-year-old Israeli supermodel. Beautiful woman, um, you know, really in high demand. has got her face on every um, every magazine imaginable. She, like I said before, she's from Israel. And uh Israel has, um, you know, its own progressive tax rate. Um, first of all, in Israel, do you know what the currency is there? You may uh, know what they call it. What is it? I feel like I'll know it's when shekel. you say it. A shekel. It's oh, a shekel. I, no, I wouldn't have yes. guessed that. Yeah, a shekel. And uh, if um, a shekel's worth 
almost a, almost a quarter. You know, I think right now it's trading at around 27 cents. So four shekels to a dollar would be the way that you'd want it to do that. All right. So first of all, they will uh, the Israeli um, government will tax you 50% on any income over roughly 800,000 shekels. So if you're making more than $200,000 a year in Israel, you're paying half your money in taxes. Um, and of course, in Israel's case, a lot of that just you know, goes to their, their defense. But what's kind of cool, though, is that any money you make outside of Israel, no tax. doesn't work that way here. Here, roughly after 80 grand, expatriates start paying. So Israel has, in essence, encouraged people, um, successful people, to leave the country by that, by that tax code. Um, but, you know, saying you're going to leave it and, and leaving it are two different things. I mean, I just came back from a week in England and as great a time that I had there. there. There's absolutely no way I could live anywhere but the United States. I mean, every it's just what you're used to. And I think Bar Raffaele probably feels the same way about Israel. I mean, she's all over the globe, but her, her, her mother lives in Israel. Her, her brother lives in Israel. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's what she she identifies with. Um, unfortunately, though, she has decided to be somewhat, at least according to Israeli government, to be a little bit deceptive because she knows that if she maintains a residence in Israel, that they're going to tax her at a much higher rate. So she's kind of she's being accused of doing things like having apartments in her mother's name or in her brother's name. Um, she's also being accused of not reporting certain types of income, such as when she gets a promotional deal and they give her a Lexus or a Range Rover, or um, they give you an incredible deal on a condo building so that they can just leak out that you stay there. I mean, that's pretty big with condo buildings. If they can let the, the public know that Bar Raffaele lives here, what does that do? It drives up the price of all the people who want to ride the elevator with a supermodel every, every so often. So she's got two problems going for her right now, and she's been arrested for this. In fact, she's had to give up her passport. The first one is the fact that she um, has been hiding residents. Um, she's, she's got you know what the government feels are sham residences that are titled to the names of her sister, excuse me, her mother and her brother, but they're hers. She's staying there. She's living there. And um, therefore, they should be able to tax her income while she's living there. Um, she's claiming, no, I'm just visiting. So that's the first issue. And the second issue is the fact that she's not reporting all of her income. And the way she's doing that is that she's just getting huge discounts on things. Um, well, if you get a huge discount in the, because of who you are and the work that you do in the Israeli government, they feel that you need to report that as income. So now she's at this point where she's going to have to um, surrender her passport. She has done that. Her mother, too. And, um, and because she's not a U.S. citizen, she doesn't have at her disposal, well, 70,000 pages of tax code, which actually have a lot of strategies that can be done to minimize this problem. I've seen this happen in a similar fashion where people try to create a sham um, location in Florida. So they say, well, I live, I live in Florida. And, you know, if you, if you do live in Florida, the benefit is you don't have to pay any state income tax. But you have to truly live in Florida. There's a right way to do things, and there's a wrong way to do things. People who pay a lot in tax, I, I, I feel your pain. And actually, I feel your frustration because I've yet to meet a person who isn't paying more in tax than they, than they should. That with good proactive steps, 
that tax can be reduced. Maybe not now, but in the future, or maybe now. If you're a small business owner, there's so many things that small business owners fail to do. Most small businesses operate as a sole proprietorship, which is the most, not only is it probably the most expensive way to operate your business from a tax standpoint, it's also the most likely way to get audited because they know that small businesses will tend not to report all their revenue. So they will audit them much more likely than they would say an LLC. Uh, so there's so many things that can be done. In, in the case of, of, of Ms. Raffaelli, again, I don't understand how the Israeli tax law is, but you know, assuming the Israelis have a have an argument here, assuming they can prove it, um, this was this was not necessary. Um, good strategies could have been employed utilizing their code. Certainly here in the United States, it can be. Some tax has to be paid. You know, um, you know, we're the first ones to tell you the code is the code. But because the code's there, the code allows you to do things that you may not be taking full advantage of. You know, if you own a small business, you know, I've seen examples where people have been able to put their children on the payroll and in essence create what is really a tax-deductible college fund or a tax-deductible dental plan. There's so many types of strategies that can be done out there that are just being ignored. And unfortunately, when the person asked their CPA, one of the first reactions, well, if you do that, you know, you may be target for an audit. Look, let's not let auditing fear prevent us from doing that, which we are legally allowed to do. Ms. Raffaelli here is, is now got a problem because she didn't really do so much planning. She did some filing incorrectly, and um, she's going to end up writing a, a pretty sizable check. Don't worry, she's not going to go to jail or anything like that. Israel's not going to let one of their most famous citizens and beautiful citizens uh, go to prison. She can write a check, pay the interest, and everything will be fine. She can afford it. You know, she makes millions and millions of dollars a year. What about you, though? You know, can you afford doing something wrong, or can you afford to overlook a strategy that could save you money? Let us help you with that. That's what we do. You know, we look at the situations that, that people are in, and we find ways that they can lower their taxes through good planning. Small business owners, we can do a lot for you. People who are getting ready to retire, there may be some great strategies there we can do as well. But you owe it to yourself to find this stuff out because this is the strategy, this is the strategic part of planning that isn't getting being done by most people. You know, there's plenty of product out there. You know, just go to the internet and type in mutual fund. You'll have millions and millions of pages. But what is lacking is a, is a complete comprehensive look that's being done on your entire picture. Our wealth coaching program is designed to look at all facets of your life, show you the direction you're heading, show you where you can improve, and then let you decide from that point on where do you want to go. Do you want us to be part of that relationship? Long-term, fine. You don't? That's fine, too. But we have to be objective, we have to be holistic, and we have to put your best interest first, which is what the fiduciary's responsibility is all about. So take advantage of that. Come on to our office, see what we're all about, see how we might be able to help you, see if we may be able to save you a lot of money. You owe it to yourself to at least find out what's out there. And again, the number to call to reach Dan Capril and the team is 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Always fascinating to see how, Dan, you can you know just take some story like this and apply yeah. it to our everyday life because it is very true. You can learn kind of from these grandiose things that you know our eyeballs might pop to the you know what's happening with the celebrity or what's this yeah. drastic situation, but uh, able to take principles and lessons out of it each time. Well, and taxes are the great equalizer. We all have to pay them. You know, Al Capone went to jail for, for tax evasion. Um, every famous person has to pay taxes. Now, the thing is, a lot of famous people have great resources. And unfortunately, a lot of people think, well, unless I, you know, make the money of a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods, I can't have those resources. No, you can. 
70,000 pages may seem a lot, but you know what? It boils down into a handful of components. And the very same strategies that they employ, average Americans can employ them too. So, you know, take advantage of it. I mean, Ms. Raffaele's got to call Tiger Woods' um, um, attorney because um, he'll help her a lot better than whatever help she was getting. But, uh, <laughs> but really, um, you know, whether it be this tax time bomb your 401k is going to face or just the fact that your small business is getting bled because you're, you're paying double FICA tax and so many other areas, there's strategies you can employ legally. Um, well-documented, that were designed for you, designed to give you relief. But the IRS isn't the one to call you and say, you know what, you know you could have saved a lot of money in taxes. That's not what they do. Um, and you need to do that. You are to yourself. Well, let us show you. Let us show you the way to do it, and then you can decide where to go from there. And again, that number is 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326. Dan is local. He's your local wealth coach here in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and in northern Kentucky as well. He's the president of Matson and Capril. Dan is also an avid, uh, an avid reader. That's why he's uh, such a good storyteller. But uh, we always like to give away a book each and every week here on the show to the best question that comes in on quizdan.com. And what's this week's book of the week, Dan? This week's book is it's perfect for what we've been talking about up until now. It's called The Smartest 401k Book You'll Ever Read. It's by Dan Solon. And in less than 100 pages, he explains very clearly the issues with 401ks, why when you retire you owe it to yourself to roll them out, what you should do in the meantime that you have them. Great book. Uh, the Smartest 401k Book You'll Ever Read. By Dan Solon, uh, I will give that to the person who goes to quizdan.com and asks the best question. We'll get it right out to you. That, again, is the smartest 401k book you'll ever read, and it's quizdan.com where you can go to submit a question. Quizdan.com. And once more, that number that you can call is 844-QUIZ-DAN. 844-784-9326 to request a complimentary review, a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Dan and the team. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326. Dan, we're out of time for this week, but glad that your 2016 is off to a good start, and we'll do it all again next time. Likewise, Walter. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Again, that number to call is 844-QUIZ-DAN. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.